This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to Behind the Influence, a production of iHeartRadio. There's a reputation and there's like who you actually are. Mm -hmm. And for the past two, three years, I've had like kind of a notorious reputation. He is a social media megastar. His name is Jake Paul. He's famous for entertaining young fans with outrageous pranks and antics. I didn't really know at 18 like what I was getting myself into with the business side of things. He's the YouTube star facing controversy now. Hopefully they'll see like, oh, that kid isn't as bad as we thought he was. With 18 million subscribers on YouTube, Jake Paul is one of the internet's biggest influencers. What's going on? What's going on? So you here. How was your day so far? Terrible. I feel like you might have done four million things before even showing up here today. Uh, no, today's been good. Yeah, I was just I came from another interview, mm-hmm. which is dope. But yeah, we just been like traveling around, been on the phone, just Santa calling people. Day. Yeah, calling people, <laughs> making some people, making some calls, firing people. That's so old school of you. But I like just versus I texting. Yeah, I appreciate I that. You. Yeah, I'm different than most millennials. Did you just say you were firing some people? Yeah. Is that a fact, or are you just trying to be funny and witty? No, that's in the a opening? fact. Oh man. Yeah, I hate firing people. I'm bad at it. Like, I just want to be nice to everyone. And it's, like, really awkward. But I'm becoming better at it as I get older. Better at firing people or better at... better at firing people. (laughs) Yeah, I think confrontation in general is very awkward, especially Mm -hmm. when you want to be the fun guy and the nice guy. And that's how everybody knows you. And it's probably hard for you to, like, switch hats, right? 100%. I'm, like, really close with a lot of the people that I work with. And so to, like, kind of, like, break down that barrier and be like, hey, you're You're fucking fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, guy. I'm a very like loving person, and it sucks to to have to do that. But the reason I'm getting better at it is because you can't waste time. You have to be slow to hire, quick to fire. Ooh, and can I quote you on that? Yeah, I, I don't like think it. I didn't come up with that, but I'm gonna say you did. It's a I'm gonna, fact. I'm gonna say that you did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it was it was built here on this show. It was built here. Time is money. And speaking of time and money, what was the article, Allison? It was Business Insider said that you made eighty five hundred dollars per minute of a YouTube video. Did you Jesus. know this fact? If you were here for an hour interview, I would basically be costing you five hundred K. Yeah. So thanks for that. No problem. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> I'll send an invoice. No, we're here because we love you guys. <laughs> That's an insane stat. $8,500 per minute of your YouTube videos. Somebody did the math. Yeah, I don't know how true that is. I'm trying to do the math. 
according to how much your videos have made. That's what Business Insider has reported. Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and trust them. Yeah, they probably know what That's intense. Saying. So going God back damn. to working with friends, <laughs> you work with a lot of friends, right? And family and best friends from home that you've brought from Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're having those kinds of conversations, have there been moments, because you said time is money, where you didn't have the conversation and later on it came to bite you in the ass? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like this year has been a lot about communication for me and just like cutting to the chase and like not waiting and avoiding conversations is what I like used to do. And so for this year, I've been like trying to just like dive in head first, openly talk about everything, be more transparent with people because yeah, even, even with some of my friends and stuff, it's like we've put off conversations because we both felt awkward and like we didn't want to like talk about certain things or involve business because it's, it's really difficult to be friends with someone and, and be in business with somebody. And a lot of the times it doesn't work out. You have to have like a very, very, very strong relationship and both parties have to be very understanding that it, it, there is business involved in, in this friendship and you kind of have to create like barriers for yourself and it's a difficult thing to deal with. I would imagine that that would be really hard to kind of figure out who is really there. I'm sure you have people approaching you all the time and it's it's really easy from a high level perspective to be like you're just here for clout or to, for me to tag you. Those are probably obvious but people that you have history with right isn't that harder to distinguish okay you're here because of this or you're riding for me. Yeah, <laughs> I deal with it probably more than anybody else in the influencer space because mm -hmm. I keep my circle big, unfortunately, because I have so many deals, so many businesses, so many people in my life, so many things that I want to accomplish. And there's a lot of people playing a lot of different roles, even in my in my house. There's 24 people that live in my house. Um, Jesus Christ. I mean, that gives me so much about. anxiety. <laughs> Does that not give you anxiety? The, it's a double-edged sword. I have a tattoo on my back. It's a sword and it's you live and die by the sword. That's what it says on it. And it's so true because it's like those 24 people, like it gives me anxiety. And the downside is dealing with all of the madness, all of the drama, people getting in fights with each other, people stabbing you in the back. I've had history with people who I've called my best friends who I've thought like I completely trusted. And then seven days later, it's a completely different story and you like don't know who they are. I think the number one way to tell who should be in your life or who you can actually trust is people who have been around for the longest. So I think time is a good measure of, mm -hmm. of trust. And I think other than that, it, it goes to family and then just being in situations with people where they could have said something they could have screwed you over and then they don't. Um, that's really the only types of people that you can like fully trust. Yeah. Over time. But having 24 people in my house is also exciting because there's a there's a huge like there's a huge creative energy. There's a huge business energy. There's always something going on and it motivates me to work 18, 19, 20 hours a day when when necessary. And there's never a dull moment. And we have a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. There's been days where I've like been annoyed with the the people in the house and and wanting to like just have like my my own space. And I think it's as I've gotten older for sure those like feelings are only for like a certain amount of time and I kind of like get over it because at the end of the day me personally I've always been the type to have like company around I'm never the person who's just like wants to go and do something alone I get like freaked out if I'm alone like it's weird like I just like don't like it mm -hmm. sometimes so you think you're an extrovert for sure yeah yeah
I think with entertainers, though, it's interesting because a lot of entertainers I talk to are actually introverts. And I think that you are actually like you are this ball of energy. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a show, right? No, for sure. I've always been the class clown. Mm -hmm. Like I was always getting in trouble with my teachers, always drawing attention to myself. And I've always just been that person. To me, it's like fun. And I like to create that energy because I think life's fucking boring. Mm -hmm. I think life's so boring. Like if, if you think about it, like the only thing that matters is conversation and human interaction. Mm -hmm. when you boil it down at the end of the day and like how other people make you feel and to me it's like I was like sitting in class or I'd be like sitting in like an assembly or at football practice and everyone's just going through the motions of life just like we're here we're sitting here this is what we have to do and I was always the person like no like let's make this fun let's make jokes let's talk about shit let's like prank people let's spice this up a little bit it's kind of like just doing what you want because you don't care what other people think Mm -hmm. and yeah like I've kind of always been like the problem child why do you think um I think for that reason like because I I literally get bored like we were in the we, we were I just had an interview and like we're in the green room and we're just in this room there's like a TV. I was like started to like, I'm just like, yo, like get what's antsy. going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we need to do something. Like I get bored super easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it stems from. And I have a lot of energy and ADHD, like we were talking about so dope. before. <laughs> and, and I like adrenaline and stuff. So I think like a lot of the shit I do like involves adrenaline and like just being outside of the box. And yeah, I was, I kind of start to like find myself in, in trouble, but I'm ex-controversial now. No more trouble. Yes. Your branding is very clean as of now. Yes. That's great. So on that point, you are one of the most talked about people digitally and even mainstream media, one of the most talked about people. And I think that there's a lot of power in that, but I also think that there's got to be downsides to it too, because when something goes wrong, then on top of everybody celebrating you one minute, they're celebrating you the next minute, everyone's shitting on you. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons, right? (laughs) And you've had days when you've woken up and there's news outlets reporting on you, people who don't know anything about you, assuming things. Yeah, I think the biggest, most annoying thing that I deal with is misconception and people misunderstanding like who I am. Because at the end of the day, like I have a reputation and there's a reputation and there's like who you actually are. Mm -hmm. And for the past two, three years, I've had like kind of a notorious reputation. Who I am as a person is like very different from how the world perceives me. Mm -hmm. I think partially a lot of it's my own fault. I don't like some of the old shit that I did. I I don't like my old self. I don't like some of the videos that I I would do, but there's a reason I did it. And in the moment it was what I was doing and it got me to where I am today, but I definitely had to grow and, and learn from that. But I think the biggest thing is when your reputation doesn't match who you are as a person and that is really hard to deal with and and annoying because you're just like yo like I'm not that like I'm not this person I'm not like I'm not an asshole I'm not like doing all these like dumb things like it may look like this but like what's my side of the story and a lot of the times because I am Jake Paul and I have a target on my back people don't want to hear that side of the story and people just will like just add to like the Jake Paul like oh he's doing that oh he's doing that like it's so easy to just like it's too easy yeah and they put your name in their titles and then yeah they're they're getting views off of talking about you and that's what I hate is like those haters will watch like other people making up shit about my reputation but they don't ever care to like go in and figure out for themselves which i understand and i'm not like butthurt but it's like that is the most annoying thing to deal with in the entertainment industry oh absolutely i mean i don't know if you saw justin bieber he posted something i can't believe i'm about to quote justin Bieber, (laughs) because obviously he made a lot of mistakes when he was younger and the whole world turned on justin bieber literally everyone hated him Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the whole world's watching. The like whole everything. world's watching you, which obviously has its benefits. But it, the downfall is when you do something wrong, every single person jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah, it's like cancel culture. It, the cancel culture. So yeah. basically, Justin Bieber, he mentioned that the whole world turns on you and people don't realize that it's really hard on someone. One minute you're really loved and everybody is obsessed with you. And then the next minute you're the world's villain. How do you deal with that when people just turn on you like that? That's dark. Yeah, I, I can't imagine having that high feeling like, oh my God, my video just surpassed 200 million views. And then the next minute, everyone has turned on you yeah. and people you thought were there for you have turned on you, which probably cuts the worst. It's a difficult feeling. And and my brother has dealt with it even more so than I have with, with everything that happened like in Japan, like the lowest of highs. Mm -hmm. And it sucks, but it's part of, you know, what we were talking about. And the cancel culture is like so powerful because misery loves company. And I think a lot of people are very jealous in this day and age. Of course, and yeah. they want to see like people at the top fail because it's exciting and it gives them something to talk about and they get to express their negative emotions online specifically like twitter where everyone is like such a toxic negative environment and misery loves company and it's like everyone's so sad and broken and they take it out on everyone else and the only thing you can really do is just stay strong and like know who you are as a person at the end of the day and look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm a good person. I know what I'm doing. There's a reason I'm here. And regardless of what the internet thinks, now it's like, okay, I'm just going to continue to do me. Ho hopefully they'll see like, oh, that kid isn't as bad as we thought he was. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, that kid was just young and he d made stupid mistakes like Justin Bieber, like me jumping on a news van, like, you know, me lighting a pool on fire. Like, it's all that dumb shit that's <laughs> me like... Me lighting people on fire. A pool. Like, like, I thought you said pool. people. I was like, damn, Jake, you leave. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Interview over. Um... You have to grow as a person. And I think the world has seen even me and my brother do that in front of their eyes, hopefully. I think there's definitely still a target on our back. but the, Well, the, that's never going to change, right? Yeah. As long as you're relevant and people are talking about you, you have to know that that's what you signed up for, yep. right? Yeah, and it's like... That sucks. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I think that's really evolved of you to think that way and to say that. But putting myself in your shoes, I mean, somebody makes fun of you, you feel horrible, like one person. Mm-hmm. You have to have such thick skin and such a good head on your shoulders to keep it moving. Because I, I remember when a lot of controversies were happening, you kept it moving and you just kept doing your thing. That has to be hard. And I feel like you probably have a really strong community around you. 100%. I think my support system is awesome. Mm -hmm. My parents, my brother even. I was there for him when he needed me and he's been there for, for me when I needed him. And the way we look at it is just different. And we almost joke about people hating on us because we just know it's not fucking true and we know who we are it's like we deal with things with comedy a lot of the times and i'm not going anywhere so it's like these people can hate on me all they want but like i'm smarter than that to like let that drag me down i know what i'm doing in this industry and this industry is literally a game mm -hmm. and when you figure out like how to play it and be smart about it you've pretty much secure a spot in the industry. And me and my brother have already done that. And it's like, we've gone through the most amount of hate already that we possibly can. Like, I don't see how it could go any worse or be any stronger than what it's already been. Like we were at one point in January, early January, 2018, my brother and I were the most hated people probably on the internet. And we rose above that. Here we are. I feel better than ever. I feel more knowledgeable than ever. Same with my brother. And we are 
making bigger moves than we've ever done before. And it doesn't necessarily just involve like making vlogs or like YouTube stuff. It's just like business, relationships, people, boxing, like all of these yeah. different things. So when stuff like that happens and everybody turns on you guys and you do rise, you triumph, is there a game plan or do you just let time pass and you know that they're going to hate somebody else in a couple of months? It's not even them hating somebody else. It's like us growing. Like we still learn from those mistakes. You know, it's like we're not just like arrogant of our mistakes. We definitely have to learn from them. And mm -hmm be like oh shit we did make mistakes mm -hmm. and grow from that but then continuing to just be ourselves and continuing to work hard and have that thick skin to persevere and and just go back to our roots which is creating yeah and that's what we started doing and that's what got us to where we are so i think if the, the only way people could take us down is if the hate became so strong that it got to us so much that we stopped creating if there was a fly on the wall in the room when you guys are talking, what is the majority of the conversation based around? Are you guys talking about business stuff? It's a number of things. With business, yeah, we're very strategic with some of the business stuff we're working on right now. The conversations get, get really interesting, but the way... You guys have so much. It's kind of hard to like not say stuff without like yeah, yeah, revealing course. it. But I look at it like this. Think about it like this. Like Hollywood is all of the coolest people from every high school in the world. It was like, fuck it, we're moving. And they all came <laughs> to, LA. to L.A. And L.A. is literally a high school. The only difference now is your popularity is actual fame and influence. And your popularity equals money. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanted a girl in high school, like it's it's no different in L.A. How you like would make money in high school, like selling candy bars to different people in school or or like whatever, whatever your hustle was in high school to make money. It's like you just bring that to Los Angeles and it's the same thing. Relationships is your friend throwing the party. Like, where are you at? I think like high school and L.A. are like very, very similar and there's drama and there's clout and like all of that. All that same shit applies yeah, when we when we have conversations about like how to make big moves within the in industry the conversations get uh pretty i don't know what the word is but i get what you're saying i feel like the both of you together could be unstoppable right but i mean if we're talking high school if you're both running for prom king who would win jake would it be you or your brother <laughs> Just because I need to be a little high school right now. I think I would win. I feel like you would win. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he would win a different award. What award would he win? Most likely to succeed. Yeah. Most likely to succeed or like class clown or most athletic. Something do you, like that. Do you guys have similar goals, big picture goals, end game goals? Yeah. They're very similar. I think we both just want to be the best at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing, whether that's doing business or entertainment, mm -hmm. which is the two things that we do, we just want to be the best and work with the best. And at the end of the day, our both of our goals like boiled down to that. And we're so young and we feel like we are just starting. We feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of like what we're able to accomplish. And we learned a lot, I think in the past, like four to five years since you we were talking about like, off camera like since I first moved here mm -hmm. and when we met like I'm such a different person from that person to who I am now and so I can only imagine where like the next four years go mm -hmm. we just feel like we have so much more to offer than like what we are coined as which is like YouTubers do you not like the term YouTubers I, I don't know how to say it I don't want to say it's a bad thing yeah. to be called but you are an actor as well 
you are getting into music. You do a lot of stuff. We have pages and pages on things I want to talk about with you, and we will not have enough time yeah. because you have so much going on. So, the, yeah, I hate the term YouTuber. And, like, I'm a professional boxer now. I'm literally a licensed professional boxer. Yeah, we need to talk about that. So this. it's like... So, okay. I, I, don't, I can't categorize myself into one thing. Because I was trying to figure out... There's so many different angles with you, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, what are we going to focus on? His business angle? Because... He's made people millions of dollars. He's yeah. made people famous from literally being nobodies. He has boxed real boxers. Mm -hmm. He makes music videos and spends more on budget for production probably than Nicki Minaj. So let's discuss all these things. Yeah. I feel like you go hard. And not only do you go hard in all these areas, but you dominate all these areas. Why do you think you've been given this superpower? You're not, oh, I want to become a boxer and then take a class at Box Union. You fucking train. Yeah. <laughs> and like you get the best trainers yeah. and you actually do televised events boxing. And when did you decide to do this? Two years ago? Mm -hmm. And now you're an actual boxer? Yeah. I think it goes back to a couple of things. One being the goal of becoming the best at whatever I do, or at least giving my 110% effort into becoming the best at that, which goes back to like my roots being in Ohio and like my work ethic, which like my parents installed in me. Like I had a landscaping company when I was like 15, 16, and I wanted it to be like the best landscaping company. I want to have the most clients. And I just always like worked hard. And I think hard work in this industry beats everything. And then beyond that, it's like the team that I surround myself with. We have an amazing team, smart people above us, smart advisors, um, great relationships. So if I'm new into something or I'm not as good at something like, you know, boxing, for example, it's how do we put ourselves around the best people to be able to make us the best in that category and teach us the the most amount of shit. Why boxing? I know you wrestled, right? Yeah. So what what made you decide to become a boxer? I'm an entertainer, mm -hmm. you know? That's why I hate being classified as like a YouTuber. I'm like, I'm an entertainer at the end of the day. Acting, music, whatever it is. Boxing is one of the most entertaining things in the world. And I grew up loving to watch fights, UFC, all of that. Like it was huge in my in my household. We would get every single fight and watch and I've always loved it and I've always been a fan of it. And if you think about it, right, like let's say someone's on the side of the road playing a guitar and you're you're walking down the street and you, you, you might walk by, you might stop, who knows. If someone's fighting on the side of the road, everyone's watching, mm -hmm. everyone's filming it. At the end of the day, it's such an engaging thing that everyone wants to be a part of. Regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, you want to see who's going to win the fight or at least hear afterwards who won the fight. So it's, again, getting people to talk and it's sparking conversation in a major way. When I first met Drake. So um, casual. <laughs> when I first met Drake. When I first met Drake. Well, let me tell you about when I met Drake. <laughs> Um, when I first met him, he was like, the first thing he said to me was he talked about the fight because... Oh, he saw the fight? Yeah, he watched it. And that he was had like, to that be was... kind of cool to hear. Yeah. No, for like, sure. I was like, oh, shit. All right, did you no. pee a little? I would have Yeah, I, pee, I, pee, I pissed myself for sure. <laughs> and I heard like two hours after the fight, somebody was like, oh, Justin Bieber was watching. Justin Bieber was watching. I was with him like we were watching the fight together. And it's like, if it's able to draw that much attention, it's like we're doing we're doing something right. Not only is it fun for us to do, but again, it's entertainment and it makes a big check 
And a lot of people want to see, you know, me or my brother like lose because we kind of have that like villain style. Like people would love if we lost. And so I think that's why a lot of people tune in. That's why a lot of people watch Floyd Mayweather. Like Floyd Mayweather has fans, but I think a lot of people just tune in now to see him lose. It sounds like the common thread, all the things you said about boxing, making money, people watching. Yeah. You know, these celebrities are watching you do it. Attention. Was that a strategic move to pick boxing? Like you weren't picking sewing or some <laughs> like other random, right? You're athletic, so you'd be good at it. You knew you'd be good at it. Yeah. Was it a strategic move on your part? Because it sounds like it kind of was. Where it stemmed from is we saw these two like YouTubers fight and they didn't market it well. It wasn't like a big thing. No one really knew about it. But then the day it happened, a lot of people talked about it within the community. Mm-hmm. And so my brother and I kind of saw that and we were like, that was terribly executed and we can do that on a much bigger level. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what we did. We just like took that and and ran with it and it worked. And now you're, worked. A prof- you're casually a professional boxer. So what does that mean for your career? Because obviously you have all these other things going on. Do they take a back seat? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Time management currently is really hard. We're training two times a day. Are you training for something specific right now? There's a fight November 9th that my brother's doing versus KSI. It's a rematch from like mm-hmm. the last event that we did. Yep. And I'm currently in discussions to like figure out if I'm fighting on that on that undercard. If not, I'm going to do a fight after that or something. I'm trying to figure it out. Do you know who you'd be fighting? Mm, there's a couple people like Soldier Boy. Oh, Fuzzy I saw that. Too. Yeah. Why would he sign up for that? I just feel like that's not. It's not smart. It's not smart. But it is because he'd make a lot of money. He would? Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Thinking about Soldier Boy, he would do that for also the attention. For sure. You know, I think he would it, get a lot of attention. I actually think it'd be smart for him to do it, yeah. especially because like I, I know I'd beat him, but like afterwards, I'm not going to be a dick about it. No. Like, we should make a song or something. Yeah, bro. you guys should collab. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> fight me, please. Is there somebody <laughs> you, like if you could make one phone call, you're going to fight this person and they would sign up and do it with you. Who would it be? Will Smith. Aw, big Willie style. But I would feel, wouldn't you feel bad hitting him? I would feel bad. Like we grew up with mm. him. You know, he's the fresh prince. I think it's because he likes the, like this is the challenge. Sorry, I got a little emotional. No, I know. He's like a dad. Not, I felt not bad. A dad. Okay, like imagine hitting a dad. a dad. Yeah, but also like. He would be Will great. Smith. And it would be great. And he loves the challenge. And I know he's athletic. And he would make some dope Instagram video. Because exactly. he's like, his Instagram game is pretty solid. Super I don't know strong. if you're. Yeah. Super strong. Or. I think if Austin McBroom and I fought, he's from the Ace family. Okay. No <laughs> fucking clue who that is. I was like, mm-hmm. mm. he's like, oh, really, Austin. He's really big online. Okay, and, cool. And we're friends. Like, we're homies. We're really good friends. Do you think he'd do it? I've been trying to convince him for a while. People in the YouTube community would go crazy over that. Wouldn't you feel bad? I mean, I don't know. I'm just so <laughs> emotional. I'm like, would so you emotional. feel bad hitting him? It's like your friend. Yeah, it'd be a weird thing to, to get over and to like think about. Okay, so boxing, you're taking that seriously. I think it's super cool that you are doing Mm -hmm. that. What's been the hardest thing about boxing that people don't know? It's not a joke at all. It is. Are you on a meal plan? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Like donuts gone. Whole nine yards. Like the sport is so serious. And when you fully dive into it, you see how passionate people are about it, how big of a community it is. Mm -hmm. People take it so seriously and it is incredibly hard. A lot of people are like, oh, boxing, like cool. 
when you actually get in the ring, no, and I you're don't think sparring it's cool, people and you're like scary. getting punched in the face and you go to gyms and people are beating the shit out of each other and there's blood flying and you really have to like realize like how hard of a sport it is. I did wrestling and I thought that was the hardest sport. It's super competitive and th- that's been the biggest wake up is like, wow, like this is one of the hardest things in life that you could do mm-hmm. and also being a novice in it. And having to like learn and get punched in the face a lot of times and put in the hours and hours of hard work to get to a level where like you can actually hang when you go to a boxing gym. You can actually beat people up now. You're you're dealing out the the punches versus just getting beat up all the time and being able to step in the ring with pro fighters now and be able to spar with them. And that transition is is super hard and it's a lot of hours of just like hard work and sweat and blood and tears. So you're creating content around this, but if you could not roll camera on any of this, would it be something you would still do? 100%. I love it. I love the competition. I'm super competitive, grew up playing sports, super athletic, and I think it's so fun. And the crazy thing about boxing is like similar to like music or acting, boxing has no ceiling. Mm -hmm. You can take it as far and as long and as hard as you want to go like and become Floyd Mayweather and become a billionaire. I think that is incredible. The industry of like YouTube, it has a ceiling. It has a ceiling for sure. You can only get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. YouTube starts to limit your views. YouTube starts to limit like how many people your video is getting pushed out to. When you get to a certain point after two years, like YouTube wants to just like put on the next creator. They're kind of in control of everything. When And there's a ceiling. My brother and I have reached that ceiling and we're at the ceiling and it's like, come on, let us up through. And you it's think like, you're at the ceiling right now? You're still getting a lot of views. For sure. But no, just as still, far we're as still, like... We're still getting the most amount of views possible. But like, as far you know? as like excelling, you're already at the top, you're saying. So where where else could you go exactly. on YouTube? It's a, it's a dead end. Yeah. What am I going to do? Vlog every single day and just keep on making videos and keep on getting views. And like, yes, my fan base will grow. But like, when does that end? When does it end for you? I think it already has. I think like I've definitely like pulled myself away from YouTube in the past six months, you know, mm-hmm. and I still I love making videos. I'll always make videos. But I think there's a difference between being a YouTuber and like I post on Tuesdays and Thursdays right. and Sundays and I post every other day. Like that's being a YouTuber versus you kind of just make videos when you want. The videos I'm currently making are just a lot higher production and I want them to be as best as they possibly can be. I think a lot of YouTubers like cut corners in their videos now and they just like kind of post whenever. I'm just over that cycle and that doesn't excite me anymore. I want to make like really uh, high quality content. YouTube is great and I'll always do it, but it's like what is like what are the big youtubers right now they're just they're just going to keep on making videos unless mm-hmm. th- there's some smart ones you know who branch out and are building businesses but that's like two people that i know of and the rest of it is just like you they're just going to die on youtube they're just they're just going to keep on going and going and going and making videos until people just don't care anymore and to me it's like i'm not only bored with the platform and like making the videos but I'm bored with making videos like consistently and like when I like need to upload at a certain time and a certain on certain days and push, push, push and force content out. I'm bored of that. I think it's like I don't want to like be that person that dies on the platform. And I think a lot of YouTubers do and they don't even realize it. And then they try to like come back and hate on the new people. So what kind of content are you creating right now? I know you're doing a lot of music. Yeah. So 
music's like huge for me. I love I love music. I love making music. I love the music industry just in general. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of something like it was it's kind of weird for me because I grew up listening to like rap all the time and listening to Lil Wayne and Drake and like watching the Lil Wayne documentary without my mom's permission because she didn't want me to see it because like he was a bad influence and did drugs and all this stuff. So I've always like loved music, but for whatever reason, I never thought that I could do it. And then got sucked into Vine and Disney and YouTube and building businesses and so on and so forth. And I did music, like YouTube music, like everyday bro and like comedy songs and just like joking around. But then when I sat down one day and I was like, I went in the studio and I was like actually trying to make like a good like song. It turned out good. And I realized like, wait, I can do this and like take it seriously and I'm good at it and I am good at writing. That was like a huge eye opener for me. And I think I had to grow as an individual and kind of grow off of just being a YouTuber to fully believe in myself to the point where like now I know I'm a good musician and great artist and I have a dope team of people that I can work with in the music space to be able to launch into the music space and actually be taken seriously. You mean for real launch into the music Mm -hmm. space? You know, the music industry is like the hardest industry to break into (laughs) more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think, have you released any of the really good songs that you're excited Mm -hmm. about? Not yet. Not yet. When are, when are people going to hear that? I'm saying November 8th is when I'm going to drop something. You're going to drop something? November 8th. Are we talking an entire album? Are I think we talking- a music video on November oh. 8th. So, but I'm still like, I'm still figuring it out. Like, okay. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm green in the music industry. I'm just starting out. I'm still learning about it. I'm learning, like, I'm figuring out that strategy to come into it. And I'm, I'm being patient as well. Because I don't think it's something to rush. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like, put music out, put music out. Oh, this song's dope. This song's dope. But I really want to have a buttoned up strategy and, a, and the right, like the perfect team in place so that when it goes, it goes. Mm-hmm. And I think I have the capability to do that. I know I have the capability. Well, you have to the eyeballs. That. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have the people that are going to look at what you're doing. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You asked earlier, like, what's the strategy or yeah. whatever. What it all boils down to is like the music being good. They literally have to be like, wait, who is this? If they're just listening for the first time, like, wait, who is this? Do like, you think, I'm sure you've heard some renditions of what you've worked on. If somebody did not know that it was you, would they know it's you? They wouldn't know. Based on like the tone, the sound. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't I've, know. I've my so my what I have like some of my friends do, because they're almost some of the friends that like help me with the music or the producers or whatever that like after I make a song, they will go and play it. They'll play it for their friends and they'll just like have it on in the studio and their other like and rap nobody. friends or pop friends or whatever, they'll just be like jamming to it and they'll then they'll be like, Yo, that was Jake Paul and everyone will be like what like no that's not that's not what like no it's not i don't believe you bro i don't believe you and they'll be like yeah that is and they'll play it again and they'll be like wow that's good so it's a good sign we're gonna have to play that song or whatever it is so november 8th is when you're hoping yeah hoping hoping it'll come out hoping hoping, um hoping. are you collaborating with anybody that might help the credibility of the song you know it's all about credibility yeah, I feel like yeah. in the music industry, when people collab with somebody, it really helps them, right? Obviously, you don't need to because you probably have more followers than a lot of really big artists. Mm-hmm. 
Are there collabs? So I've been working with a lot of great producers, mm -hmm. one of which is Boy Wanda. Okay. We're great friends, and that's like how the relationship started. And he's been kind of like helping me out, giving me advice, sending me like beats and stuff like that, which is which is really dope because he's done countless amount of hits from Drake's God's plan to like started from the bottom. He's been with Drake his like whole career. Drake is like my biggest inspiration in the music space. So that's really awesome to be able to work with him. And I'm so lucky and fortunate to work with him mm -hmm. and have a song with a couple of different artists, one of which is NLE Choppa. He's blowing up in the rap industry right now. Again, same thing. We were friends. Like Everything started as friends. We made a song together. We shot the music video. So I think that might be the song that I drop November 8th. But I might. Oh, so you have a couple. Yeah, I have a couple songs. I'm just trying to figure out like which one to drop and like which order. And also like the thing about it for me is I'm very competitive and I'm very judgmental of myself. And so I'll make a song and I'm like, I love that song. I love that song so much. And then two weeks later, I'm like, I can do better than that song. Is that the constant problem with you, though? You can always do better, right? Yeah. So you probably have that issue in every area of your life. Yeah. So you just have to drop the song right yeah. now. Right now. Let's hear it. Play it right <laughs> now. now. Um, that's really awesome that you're doing that. Do you anticipate you're not going to sign with label? You're going to be independent. That's probably the plan, right? Trying to figure that I'm out. I'm assuming. I think there's a lot of ways to do it. There's so many ways to do it now. There's so many different types of deals you can make mm -hmm. from distribution to production deals to like a full 360 deal. I think I'm going to figure out like what and if it even makes sense to do that. Everyone's like, oh, no, labels suck. Like be independent. Like, you know, whatever. But at I the mean, end there's the definitely benefits to labels, but I've yeah. interviewed every artist under the sun and so many people <laughs> say that they wish that they went independent because. Do they? Because I feel like. I've seen so many artists go from nothing, like personally where I help them go from nothing to something. And then they're like, oh, I don't need Team 10. I don't need my label. But it's that's like, it's like yeah, after after the yeah. yeah. I think you do, by the way. Yeah. So would you sign with a label? Let's say cash money shows up and they're like, Hey, yeah, scared money don't make money. You wanna I do I mean, this? I'm I talk big money. They if they're talking big money, then yeah, like why not? And it also it's like I'm going to utilize my brand as Jake Paul to make money in like business and other areas. Mm -hmm. I don't think like music's the end all be all, right? So it's like music's definitely something that I'm going to do and put a lot of my eggs into but a lot of artists put all of their eggs into music and they're in the studio all the time they don't care about business they don't care about any of that shit that's not the type of person that i am so i want to use my brand in that i grow through music to do other things so it's like if, it, if a deal makes sense then a deal makes sense i don't even want to ask you what your be all end all is because i don't think that there is a be all end all for you i think from what i'm hearing You've built an empire and you're just going to continue to do that. Is that kind of the game plan for you? Just like anything that you can do to just continue to build the Jake Paul empire in whatever's happening in the time in your life. And you're like, oh, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to go do this. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you I don't have like I, an end game. I, like four years ago, if you asked me where I was going to be four years from now, I, would, I, I wouldn't be like, yo, I've got tattoos all over my body and I'm, I'm a professional fighter. I would have never said that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I can't really predict where the future is, but why I do this, why I am on this planet and why I wake up every single day to do this entertainment industry and why I have such thick skin and why I don't give a fuck that Nikita Dragon's talking shit to me on Instagram or whatever it is, like, is because 
I'm doing this to die a legend, like an actual legend. Like I want people to be like, that guy was a legend to have movies made of me like Bohemian Rhapsody or, you know, have people talking to me like, uh, like Michael Jackson or Babe Ruth. I want to go down like a fucking legend and I'm already in a position to be able to do that. And that's what motivates me every day. And if you shoot for the moon and even if you miss, you land amongst the stars. So it's like, that was beautiful. It's like, <laughs> you got, <laughs> no, but you're, you're, yeah. you're right. And I think the strategy you're taking is just, you're doing the best that you can in every arena. You're not mm -hmm. half-assing anything, which I think does set you apart from the rest. Because I was going to ask you, like, why are you different? Why are you so relevant? There's a million YouTubers that have tried to cross over into mainstream. I could name 10 people that are going to be on this show, but you're in a different category than all of them. So why are you different than all of them? Why are you going to die a legend at a very old age, by the way? Put that out there. What sets you apart, Jake? Why 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 are you so special? You're so special. <laughs> why are you so special, Jake? I think it's yeah, I think it's work ethic. I think it's being a little bit crazy. And like I think you have to actually like believe in yourself so much. And I think also like you can't be a legend if you aren't a legend. So there's raw talent. Yeah. I always wonder when someone like you is like picking the lane. And obviously you've decided you you don't have to pick a lane. You're going to drive on like the whole freaking freeway and switch lanes whenever you want and yeah. do whatever you want. Is it hard to say like, I'm going to focus on this one thing right now or I'm going to focus on this because you're obviously talented in so many different arenas. Yeah. But if you don't put your focus into all, all into one thing, you can kind of yeah. drop the ball, right? Yeah, 100%. So it, how do you... That's, that's, that is a super difficult thing for sure to deal with. And that's why I think it's like, you have to figure out what you can give your 100% into because if you're not giving 100% into it like you said there's other people who are and that's going to show I think there's certain things where I have to be there and I have to be the one giving my 100% but there's also certain things that you can delegate and I think that's where you have to create a dope team I think business will always be the same like yeah there's certain ways to innovate but it's like building brands making them famous generate revenue sell them off like that like business is fucking business like that hasn't changed much boxing social media content branding yourself like all of that stuff has changed i think that's where i have to focus on and what i've done is build teams around me as much as possible to have them do this shit that i don't absolutely need to do so you're not spreading yourself too thin basically exactly who's a part of your day-to-day -day team like do you have 20 people five people um how many people is it I would say like eight to 10 people eight on to a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, probably more. Probably like probably gets up to like 15 if you include like agents and like lawyers and yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. When, <laughs> Editors like. When do you sleep? Do you I sleep? sleep? I sleep for sure like seven to eight hours a day. I, I hate when people are like, I don't even sleep. There's some days or nights or weeks where you do have to like sleep for like four hours a night. But I think sleep is super important and mm -hmm. i think it helps me function like if i notice if i get like eight hours of sleep and go about the day i get more done in that 16 hours efficiently because i'm energized mm -hmm. versus if i'm like i only slept for four hours last night like i'm so tough i'm such a hard worker all the shit you're doing through that day is just like half-ass energy mm -hmm. so yeah. like this interview is going to be better i'm going to be more you went to bed at 7 p.m because you knew yeah right <laughs> you were like but it's like yeah but there are days where you do have to hustle it out and like when we're traveling, it's worse. But I think I believe in sleep. I think I a lot of celebrities like, oh, I don't sleep, or like I work. So I call BS. 
They're called DMs. Also, that's not that cool. You have so much. I mean, you have so much going on. But from a business perspective, you were so young when you started Team 10. You were, what, 20? You might have been even younger 18. than... You were 18. Yeah. Okay, so you, so you were 18 when you started Team 10. When did you decide that that was the move? And how, how did you even have the business like brain to know that that was the move to do? Yeah, so... I guess the way it started was I wanted to create a t-shirt company and I went to all of like my friends who were Viners at the time and I was like, yo, we should create a t-shirt company. We all take a percentage of it. We'll all promote it. It's going to blow up like crazy. I went to everyone and they're greedy. They're like, oh, I don't know, or talk to my manager or I want 50%. No one was down to like have a collaborative effort and that's how it was in general on social media. Everyone was just like, I only care about myself. I only care about myself. And I hated it because I believe there was power in like collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. Similar to like when Jay-Z and Jay Brown created Tidal. They create a music streaming platform. They get all of the biggest artists that they're friends with to exclusively drop their music on Tidal like two weeks before it comes out anywhere else. And they did that collaboratively. And then they sell title for $200 million to Sprint. And all of those people that were friend, they were friends with, they all got a percentage and made a lot more money off of that than probably any of their other music shit. So that was like kind of like my vision for it, but they weren't down. And I've always kind of looked at myself as like the Jay-Z of this space. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to make my own team and grow them. And I didn't really know how big it was going to turn into but people fell in love with it. I launched like some of the biggest people that are still around till this day. And I didn't really know at 18, like what I was getting myself into with the business side of things at all. Like it was kind of a shot in the dark and I made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot. I think that's how people in this generation should learn is by experience. Everyone like wants to go to school to learn how to direct versus you should just start directing shit and like make mistakes and be on set. For me, that was like the learning curve was making mistakes and learning about business and just doing it and kind of figuring it out as, as I went. Mm -hmm. So team 10 was formed. You guys get a house. You're creating all this content together. You literally created social media stars overnight. How was that for you knowing that you almost had a magic wand that you could wave and make somebody a celebrity overnight. It's weird because I did at first I didn't look at it like that. At first I was like, I just want to create a dope team and have it be as big as possible. But I didn't really look at it like I can make you famous. Like Well, you did. You made a lot yeah. of people famous. I think that's part of the problem though. I think that's part of the problem with Team Ten. Cause at the time I was like 18, 19, I wasn't the best judge of character. I wasn't the best at like getting to know people and like who they were and what they wanted to do. And I kind of put a lot of power into the wrong hands. I think when Shane Dawson did his like documentary on me, that was like a really good peace of mind for me because there was a lot of people who left Team 10 that talk shit and a lot of people online thought that their shit talking and the sh accusations that they made were true. And for whatever reason, I just never responded back to them because I didn't want to get dragged down by that. But those accusations and, and things were still out there. And I think when Shane Dawson did his documentary and like cleared up the fact that like all of them were lying, that was great peace of mind for me. Team 10, you have a whole new crew of people, right? Positive yeah. energy. Seems like you guys are in a good place. What's different with Team 10 today 
than Team 10? Is it even, it's still called Team 10? Yeah, it's still called Team 10. I think now there's less of like a focus on it. Now it's like, it is what it is. And the people in it now are dope and they're trustworthy and they're good people. I think that's more important than anything. And it's like family and it's like a good support system. And I think a lot of what we're doing now is, and what like, again, Shane probably would have seen is like, I'm we're transitioning into a whole different spectrum of entertainment, like less YouTube shit. How do we take like what we have and turn it into something even bigger? Cause we've conquered that. Like the team 10 era of like team 10 being on YouTube is like, cool. We already did that. Let's see what we can do now. Do we do movies? Do we, are we acting? Are we building businesses are we doing this whole music stuff this whole music scene Mm -hmm. and i think that's like the difference and it's a lot more aged up i'm i'm currently aging up in front of people's eyes and they like maybe some people realize it maybe some people don't but i think to my fans like a lot of them sometimes now get mad at the decisions that i make i mean your overall image has definitely shifted from the person you were but isn't that natural yeah it's natural but i don't think like a lot of it it's like who i am and just me growing as a person but there are like strategic moves being made to like age up it's it's a really hard thing to do it's fucking hard like going from the disney audience and like having my fan base be like so young and like just falling into that and then completely stepping out of that in real life then having to parlay that message and brand yourself differently and do it successfully is like a super hard thing to do but i lost my train of thought no i think no i think that's that's a really good point because they're used to seeing you a certain way like Mm -hmm. silly and like pulling pranks and doing all these things but you're like actually growing up and you're Mm -hmm. getting tattoos and you're like doing music videos and you're probably cussing more like Mm -hmm. whatever it is have you seen a decline in any of your channels or a following because of that? Not necessarily a decline. I think my like core fan base will always be there for me. I love them. They love me. We have a great connection. I just think that connection is changing into other things. And the hard part about it is like for the past six months, eight months, there's been like less YouTube and like mm-hmm. more me focusing on things like music. And I think they feel a little bit disconnected because of that. When I start, I think that when I start to put out music and they can connect to that, Mm -hmm. they can connect to other things that I'm working on. I think they're, they will see like, oh, this is what he's been up to this whole entire time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have a lot of fans that look up to you and probably want to do exactly what you're doing. What advice would you give them in hindsight? Because you've been through it, right? You've made mistakes. You've learned things. What advice do you give somebody just starting out wanting to do the Jake Paul thing? (laughs) First, they should ask themselves, am I 30% crazy? You have to be crazy. Yeah. If you're not 30% crazy, then like, Is it just, just 30%? I mean, is this at least proven? 30%. Have you been scanned? No, I haven't. Because like, <laughs> I'm thinking. I just think that's where the level is. I knew what I was getting myself into, but I was like crazy enough to be like, oh, I don't care. Like I can do anything in the world and be the best at it. You know, if you don't really believe that, then you shouldn't do it. Which kind of sounds mean because everyone's like, oh, if you have a dream and you fully set your mind to it, then you can do it, which is true, by the way. Like if you believe in something and you have a dream and you fully 100% set your mind to accomplishing that dream, I believe you can get at least close to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But do you? what do you think about YouTube now? Would you advise people to become YouTubers? Nah, I feel like YouTube's not. changed so much. There hasn't been a YouTuber to become popular in the past two years besides Mr. Beast. He's the only YouTuber I that's love become. Him. He's the only YouTuber that's come 
up in the past two years. That's it. Like, it's hard. It's really hard. You have to be so unique. You have to fill such a niche. You have to find a way to grow. Like, even Mr. Beast, like, again, he's the only person that's come up in the past two years, really, like, truly. And what his niche was, was he had, he was literally spending 200, 300, 400,000 dollars to make these videos. Like, who does that? How many other niches out there can be filled that aren't already filled? And it's kind of discouraging, but like, it's also real. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but is there anything that you, in closing, because I don't want to keep you here all day, because I'm costing you like 500K, 500K. <laughs> right now, where do you see yourself a year from now? Because we're not going to do five years because then yeah. we would name like 5,000 things. So just let's let's go out a year. A year from now, fighting KSI. You're still boxing a year from yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Making a lot of music and making moves in the music industry on tour, starting to perform at festivals and people being like, damn, this music's good. And just continuing to launch brands and create products and sell them. So if you could win a world title or you could get a Grammy for music. I want to dive deep into like which one you would pick and why. I think a Grammy for music. I think that's... Would you quit it all for music? Like, would you would you quit everything for music and not do anything else? That's the goal, I think, yeah. And just be an artist. Yeah, that's the goal for sure. I think there's like, these are stepping stones to doing that. I would never guess that about I, you. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quit like business. No, business yeah, is in but, your blood. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll always be a a mogul, mm -hmm. right? And I think I read somewhere that you wanted to be the first YouTuber to make a billion dollars. How yeah. close are we? Like um, $10? <laughs> <you, laughs> $10 <laughs> happening tomorrow. No, not that close. I mean, I meet people who are like, I'm a millionaire. Then you meet people who are like, I'm a multi-millionaire. And then you meet people who are like, I'm a billion. B-Club's totally I, different. I'm a billionaire. It's completely different. You meet a 100 millionaire and it's like so different from meeting a billionaire night and day difference would you ever get into the world of startup like i know you have a startup but a totally different like technology startup yeah i invest because you could have a b club exit real quick yeah i invest i feel like you have a brain for tech 100 percent. yeah I, i'm invested into a couple of funds i've made like 10 investments myself some of them are doing dope that's where the money is at the uh, end of the day that's what i'm saying it's like it's like how do i use my brand currently to leverage to leverage and uh billion dollar exit let me tell you you're going to create an app and you're going to get every single person to use the app and then amazon is going to come in and buy it and then you're going to have a billion dollars so go to work get the fuck out of here i gotta go we're making an app <laughs> jake it was so fun having you on today i feel like literally we didn't even crack the surface and i think you have a lot of like really big things coming your way but when you drop that music please let us know we'll play it on iheart oh thank you that'd be dope Thanks so much for Thank stopping you. by. Um, come back when you have more music. I'm with Let's it. do that. Let's do that. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Behind the Influence is a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits. LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.